Support for our innovation podcast comes from our friends at Interface, a globally recognized leader in the commercial flooring. Interface has been revolutionizing since day one with design-forward products that promote sustainability and wellness. Learn more about Interface's innovations and inspiration at interface.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of our innovation podcast. I'm Jen Renzi, an executive editor at Interior Design Magazine. In today's episode, we talk about sustainability with two creative minds. The first is repeat guest Carrie Pei, vice president of design at Interface. And the second was Jean-Pierre Samard, VP of marketing at Duvaltex. The Canadian company just introduced the contract industry's first recycled and biodegradable polyester upholstery fabric. Join us as we chat about making the world a better and more beautiful place, all while reducing landfill waste. Thank you so much, Carrie Pei and Jean-Pierre Simard from Duvaltex uh, for joining us today on the podcast. We're really excited to get in the weeds about uh, sustainable textiles and many other aspects of innovation. So I would love to hear, uh, Jean-Pierre, can you talk to us a little bit about sustainability and what it means at Duval Techs about company culture and product innovation? What drives you and what drives the research and development teams? Uh, for Duval Techs, something really important. The company started uh, Victor in uh, 1947 by recycling wool uh, and blankets and doing that type of things. And it's a part of our value to, uh, to, to think about uh, uh, sustainability and social responsibility because waste, it's, uh, it's really sad when the, in the manufacturing processes we can see waste going out of the company in a landfill. When I did the calculation of the last uh, 20 years, uh, we weave uh, more than 100 million of uh, sustainable fabric. Uh, 100 million yards of sustainable fabrics for the contract industry. And it's not just uh, a question of uh, recycling, but also how we manufacture and how we deal with uh, the supplier to improve the, the materials and be sure it will be uh, designed for recyclability also. Can you tell us too just how the Clean Impact Textile Collection works, that it's not just taking plastic bottles that would have wound up in the landfill, but then you turn them into new fabrics and the fabrics can then be recycled or if they wind up in the landfill, which I I hear a very large percentage still end up doing in our industry, then they would be, they're fully biodegradable. Is that, could you just explain that a little more? We face a big problem uh, in North America. You know, we, we, we start the recycling process and it's good uh, develop the, the circular economies and uh, the take-back program with uh, some companies. And it works when it's well implemented. But it's still a big, uh, a big problem we face today. You know, you know, more than 55 million pounds of synthetic plastic textiles are sent to landfill every day in the U.S. alone. Uh, we know that 15% of textile are recycled at the first cycle, but at the second cycle and third cycle, it's less than 1%. So we face a big problem of, uh, of uh, capacity. 
So uh, we worked with uh, a supplier and chemist. We have a chemist, in a chemist group inside of our company, but also working with partners to develop uh, biodegradable polyester. So it's why we launched that uh, in June at the last Neocon. And it was a, a, a way to solve the problem. So it's made a big change. It's a game changer. I'm so excited to hear the response from Neocon. Were designers and specifiers just, were there a lot of different types of comments? I imagine everyone was very excited to see the product, both that it's beautiful and such, you know, cool graphics and the hand and the touch, but also the whole story. What were the things that designers were responding to the most at Neocon? The feeling I got is everybody said, um, we don't have a choice as an industry. We need to go in that direction. And in a few years, everything will be biodegradable in a controlled uh, uh, situation in a safe way. So the enthusiasm was also mixed with a sense of responsibility. And uh, it, it was really a great, a great event for us and also uh, transforming our, uh, our company for the future. Well, and congratulations on your Innovation for Good Award. You won the HIP Award, brand new this year, uh, sponsored by Interface. And your last answer, I saw a lot of smiles uh, and nods from Carrie. So Carrie, I'd love to hear from you what made Duval Techs and this collection stand out from the submissions that you were seeing for the HIP Award. Well, we at Interface were really proud to see that the same sort of mindset that Interface set out in creating an industrial revolution 25 years ago when Ray Anderson decided to change the business model for manufacturing. So we saw like-mindedness in Duvaltex, not just in this product, but in the products that they had created beforehand. And so seeing the consistency in their dedication to revolutionizing the way that they manufacture made them a perfect recipient for this award. They're a leader. And also just, you know, listening to uh, the, the statistics that 55 million pounds of synthetic fibers are put into the landfill every year, that's a million pounds a week. That's so much. <laughs> I mean, our industry is, on one hand, very sustainably minded. On the other hand, it's, there is still a lot of waste that needs to be addressed. So hopefully if this sort of mindset and this kind of science becomes more the mainstream, then there's hope for us as a planet. If you think about it, if it just doesn't stay within upholstery fabrics, but it also permeates all of the fabrics that we use in our everyday lives. Well, and for both your companies, what impresses me so much is on the one hand that, um, for instance, with Clean Impact Textiles, that they are biodegradable within, you said, two years in the landfill, Jean-Pierre. But at the same time, they're they're super high performing in a heavy duty contract environment. To me, that's a complete oxymoron. So tell us how, for both of you, for both Interface and Dualtex, how how do you reconcile the two? Uh, for us, it's, um, it's been an uh, uh, innovation process also to develop uh, high-performance fabric. And uh, it's a question of uh, textile engineering also. So when we develop fabrics, it's 
that passed through a lot of uh, tests, internal tests, manufacturing tests, and it needs to be to achieve the end, the, the, the beautiful graphic design and, and the color. And so the construction needs to last. In the same time, we need to have something really uh, fit with the trends, but in the same time, it needs to last for 10 years and without any color fastness problems or abrasion problems. So we talk about high-performance fabric that needs to fit many, many criteria, and in the same time, it needs to achieve uh, a sustainable uh, standard for manufacturing and uh, for the end of life. So, so it's why the, with the uh, Association of Contract Textile, they develop uh, uh, facts uh, criteria, it's an uh, audit that uh, passed through all of our manufacturing practices and all of these collections uh, achieve the goals leveled for sustainability and social responsibility. So they, they uh, analyze all of what we do to, to achieve that. Yeah, the innovation has come a long way since, you know, interfaces started out on this journey. I remember back in the day when the idea of sustainable fabrics meant really dirty, washed out colors. And so you can see from this uh, clean impact con- collection that that's not the case. The colors are really bright and, and clean and, and the patterns are dynamic, but they can go on and, you know, really expand on this collection. It's totally scalable. Um, and, but then also, you know, looking to nature for information on how to create sustainable, durable constructions has been a resource. But what enabled us to create a durable, sustainable um, carpet tile was really in the math as well. Hmm. So it's not just chemistry. A lot of it is physics. And are you working also with a lot of consultants, or you, you must have a pretty huge uh, R&D team in-house as well at Interface? We have a top-notch science um, department, and um, our chief innovation officer, John Bradford, has been with the company for over 30 years and has been really dedicated on this journey. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's top-notch. <laughs> I thought that was a really good point, too, with this collection, that it is so scalable, as you were saying. Um, Jean-Pierre, we'd love to hear a little bit about where this collection is headed. Are you already thinking about uh, the next series, or will you be... What's next on the horizon for you? Uh, For now, it's the deployment of this uh, collection. At Nilkan, we launched five patterns to showcase uh, our capabilities with yarn dye, piece dye, uh, different kind of, uh, of yarn, boucle, and uh, uh, what we developed uh, this summer is a series of, of uh, really more, more pattern and design in the last uh, few months because uh, we are a textile manufacturer and we work in collaboration with OEMs like the Steelcase, Herman Miller, Noel, or design techs, Maharam, and we work with them because textile is going on the chair, on the office chair, uh, and uh, or panels. But uh, also, we uh, we provide the fabrics for the healthcare industry, for the institutional, educational, and uh, and, and hospitality. So so it's one with uh, 
our thousands of different customers, we will uh, develop custom solutions, and some of the, these patterns of what you sell at Neocom is going to be uh, provided directly by some of our customers, too. So I believe uh, we will complete this first phase uh, this fall, and uh, early uh, in early 2020, you will see uh, the fabrics, uh, the clean impact textile fabrics, uh, in many places available. So this is our phase of deployment, and uh, we work also to develop uh, other finishes more uh, because you know if we add stain uh, resistance or if we uh, develop uh, some backing, we work on bio backing also and uh, clean. Uh, finishes that will um, enhance the performance for specific application, but also that will fit with uh, our sustainable value, sustainability value, and, and performance. Carrie, is it similar with carpet um, in terms of how the product ultimately breaks down or is recycled? Can you talk to us a little bit about the structure of flooring and how different it is from a surface textile like upholstery fabrics? Well, what happens when um, our products and most of our competitors' products as well are at the end of their useful life is we actually have to take it back and then we take the components apart and then we have this program called reentry program and they, all the components become food for our next product. And so ours is truly recycled. That's so exciting. And, and some of it gets recycled into the backing and then some of it gets recycled into new carpet. Is that how it works or? Yes, the backing is one of the components. It's probably the major component mm. where the material goes into. There are a couple of different ways that we get recycled content into the carpets, but one is from discarded fishing nets and then one is, is from reclaimed carpet tile from our competitors' carpet tile, our own carpet tile, there actually isn't enough being collected in order to give us enough food. We're asking for more and more all the time. Wow, that is exciting to know. And do you just spread the word? Everyone send your carpet tiles back to us. (laughs) Yes, we have competitions with our account executives to see how much they can get their customers to, to give back to us. And so every year there's a big award for the person who's reclaimed the most carpet tile. It's really impressive what Interface did also uh, in the last uh, 30 years uh, to um, work through sustainability and all the, the initiative uh, you just talked about. Uh, I think it was it's the next wave uh, initiative that uh, take back net, uh, net from, um, from the ocean. So yeah, recyclability and recycled content was the big things in the last uh, 30 years. So we will continue on that. Uh, biodegradability is now um, a game changer, uh, but we believe uh, that um, the oceans, the ocean waste, uh, it's also a big problem. And we work on that to, uh, to uh, develop a new solutions. So we will launch something in the next few months, but uh, it's, um, it, it's a big concern for the population. And uh, today when people work in, uh, in the office environment or, or just uh, 
be a citizen. They they, they want to do the right thing, and uh, we are help. We are there to help them to to achieve it by taking a better decision. You're both really raising the bar so high for the industry, and it's it's very exciting. What other companies um, or visionaries do you look to, uh, Carrie or Jean Pierre? Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in our industry, but are there other uh, innovative thinkers or companies or leaders that you look to as you're getting inspired or getting ideas or thinking about your own future paths? We really listen. We work, you know, we work with William McDonough and Michael Blancard uh, in the 2000s a lot. Developed and launched the first cradle-to-cradle uh, fabrics at that time. Uh, we are partnered with different scientists and expert around the world in Europe, uh, in North America, and uh, so for different uh, parts of projects or, uh, or, or, or innovation, uh, scientists and visionary uh, people uh, like them are really important also because uh, when we talk about sustainability, we talk about chemistry finally also because it's at the molecular level and at the little microbiological level that we can have a negative or positive impact. So it's, yes, we have a lot of you have some marketing around and image and things like that, but we all know it. We always need to work with scientists and laboratory to check uh, and evaluate exactly what's happened at the micro level and. If it's right, if it's well done, uh, when we produce uh, a lot of fabric, it will not be uh, uh, a full consequence for the uh, for the environment. So it's why working with experts, it's always good. And also from startup companies, we come up with uh, a lot of ideas and innovations. We have a vegan letter or, or, or things it's coming up so we work with all of uh, these kinds of also brilliant uh, young innovator to uh, to think about the future and see if they have a fit with us so it's important to stay in contact with all of this uh, innovative creator yeah yeah John that is just fantastic and those are the reasons why we selected Duval Techs as the innovations leader for our industry. Uh, all those things are very encouraging. One of the other things that we look at at Interface is you know, taking a step back from the, the chemistry and looking at the effects of the built environment on the people that are inside of it. And so there are all these studies going on right now, like in particular, Mount Sinai is doing a study that looks at at what point is the environment harmful to the human and, um, you know, studying the impacts of nanoparticles inside the body and where are those nanoparticles coming from or even the off gases and what what impact does the off gas have on the human you know there have been all these studies going on ever since you know the u.s green building council began and so they just become more and more and more sophisticated so in looking at one of the you know most natural components in any environment is carbon 
And the excess amount of carbon is harming not just our, our earth, but it's also harming our people. And so we're looking at that and understanding that excess carbon makes us less focused, makes us less able to make the right decisions, makes us less productive. And so what do we do to reduce the amount of excess carbon in the environment? And so that's one of the things that we're very, very focused on right now. Um, you know, having a high-minded uh, uh, philosophy about sustainability, about um, economic development programs, about social development programs, all those things collectively go into this industrial revolution that began in 1994. And I think that with... Um, you know, collectively, as our industry grows and we share more and more science with each other, I really do think that we are on the right path to creating these healthier environments where people have a lot of choice and they're not going to have to worry about what chemicals they're putting into their, their spaces that they're spending all their time. Well, that notion of sharing research and sharing intelligence uh, seems to be something that's kind of defining the future where we're headed. And in the past, it was not the environment, the kind of the business environment didn't seem to be as maybe receptive to sharing such important information. It seems like that's changing. Do you feel that way? Oh, it's evidence that it's changed because, you know, even with the networks program, Aquafil has been providing the same recycled content from the discarded fishing nets to all of our competitors. Right. We're happy about that. Also, are you finding that sort of the younger generation of workers that are coming to work for both your companies, are they trained in a different way or do they come out of a, like an education environment that's less siloed? Like I, I think of, you know, we're talking so much about chemistry and science and at the same time. If you were educated in the design field, came out of design school, you wouldn't necessarily have had such a, you know, like a biochemical background. So are, are sort of, is the younger generation of um, workers coming into the field with a more, like a less siloed background, um, able to kind of exploit crossovers between different categories? Are they being trained in a different way that's kind of giving you hope, a different sort of hope for the future? Yeah, the, the young generation uh, learns faster than, than us because um, for them, uh, you know, not only YouTube, but the Internet uh, can answer a lot of questions in, uh, in a second. Um, and uh, 40 years ago, it, it takes time you know, to learn something. Uh, in the 60s and 70s, uh, the population asked to stop pollution. But today, they, they, they don't ask to just stop pollution. They, they, they ask for a, uh, you know, a solving the problem at its root. And not only for the environment, but like, uh, uh, like you just said, uh, also for the humankind at work, you know, the, um, what is the, the chemical environment we have around us and how uh, manufacturer can solve the problem also the, the VOCs and the uh, and and all the, the chemical that can be bring with uh, all of the the product around us so it's why 
the young generation, they ask for more, and it's perfect like that. You know, we need to do more. We need to have a better solutions that it's uh, healthier for, for humans and for the environment. And we need to think not only in a short-term vision, but with uh, a long-term vision. What's going to happen uh, for the future generation? What is going to happen in 20 years with what we do today? So uh, I think that the younger people, they, they push in the right direction, and uh, they are right to, to ask uh, to be happy uh, at work. Uh, the wellness at work, it's raising in the last uh, few years, and it's important because uh, we spend 40, 50 hours <laughs> per week at work, and uh, people want to have to balance their life. And uh, so, so we need to react positively to that kind of demand and uh, work with them and use their energy to, uh, to develop uh, new innovation. Yeah, I think that that's a really great question because I think that it goes to our schools. And, you know, our schools have been teaching in a very traditional way about design design history, materials, but they're probably not at the point where they're teaching about material responsibility and how to select the right material for the proper use or how to understand the chemistry that's in each of the different products that they're, they're specifying for the spaces that they're designing or the buildings that they're designing or even the urban places that they're designing you know it just goes all from urban planning to architecture to interior design to textile design even so we do need to have more science in the foundation of our design schools I do believe that when I have gone into schools and talked about material selection um, I the kids are so bright and they do ask really great questions and I think a lot of them do have sustainability at the forefront of their thought process. But again, you know, as uh, you know, said before, we could do better. You have to almost have that framework of the questions to ask. You, d you don't know what you don't know until someone comes along and teaches you. And, yeah. you know, in, in our industry, it's, it's such a, a lifelong learning process. You're always learning about new materials, new, you know, Minutia of human behavior and uh, all those things, but you know, and we're design, we're solving huge problems. We're not just creating spaces, but to think that um, you know, just the two of you and your companies, you're you're not just creating product for environments, but you are thinking so holistically about you know the Earth's future. And it's it's very inspiring to have the opportunity to sit and talk to you both a little bit more about how that actually happens and what innovation looks like on a daily basis at your companies. It really is, you know, obviously a, something that's very much part of your culture and ethos and it shows, and you create beautiful products that we all want to specify. <laughs> I'd like to thank you both for joining me today for the innovation podcast. Um, if we didn't talk about any topics that you either of you would like to address before signing off. Um, let me know. I can't wait until Duvaltech starts making its first carbon sequestering upholstery fabric. 
<laughs> Did you hear that, Jean-Pierre? <laughs> yes. Thank you both for so, doing the right thing and to your companies as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. It was wonderful to talk to you both. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Take care. Bye.